the Art of Leadership Network. There's times as a church planner, you have to have the conviction to push through hard things, but I don't want to help church planners push through closed doors. And navigating that that difference is, is sometimes takes some outside voices. You know, like when when is it hard because it's it's a difficult place or logistically difficult, and when is it a door that God has already closed that they're just trying to bust down. Well, once again, family, what is up? How are we doing? My name is Mike Hickerson. I have had the privilege to be the lead pastor of Mission Church in Ventura, California, and I get to host uh, The Unfair Advantage with my good friend, Andy Wood, who is the leader of a struggling church in Orange County, California called Saddleback Community Church. Uh, He just took that over in a transition from Rick Warren. He's actually an incredible leader. Um, But Andy's also been a church planner most of his life, so he's planted multiple churches. So I'll let you say your your intro there, Andy, so go for it. Yeah, Mike, good to be with you. Um, Stacey and I, we have been in Southern California since the summer of 2022. Uh, Pastor Rick transition from his role here in September. We've been enjoying uh, our season now of just kind of watching God do great things, learning about transitions and successions, so many similarities to church planting. Um, as we've said before, Stacy and I planted two churches, one in Texas while we we're going to seminary and one uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area called Echo Church. And at the core in our hearts were church planters, and we love to have conversations with church planters and really help uh, church planters get the ball down the field, go further, faster. And that's really what this conversation is all about. Yeah, it's been a, this, a lot of fun to get to know each other and cross each other's paths over the last season and years of our life and realize that we are biased towards church planters. Like we would help a church planter do anything. Like it's a, it's a unicorn breed. It's a strange breed. And so as you were thinking through this podcast, we decided like, what would it be like to help planters or friends of planters or people that support planters or want to be a planter or trying to figure out how to help church planters, all of it? Uh, how could we help them go further faster? And so we're taking a look back at things that we have learned now or wish we would have known then that could maybe uh, a church planter could steal or help them go further faster. So we've been thinking through it over the last uh, a few months in a frame and then we would interview a friend of ours about one of those questions that we wish we would have processed a little, maybe a little better, or we did process well. So you want to maybe, for those that are just jumping in on this this episode, would you want to maybe help reset the frame where we've been, and even like a little yeah. bit of where we're going? And I'll talk a little bit about uh, who we've interviewed, and maybe as they're looking back through the episodes, they can understand a little bit of the why. Yeah, that's good. Well, Mike, part of I think the brilliance of thinking through the stages as it gives us clarity to know what should I be focused on when and, you know, applying our energy to the right thing at the right time. A lot of church planters struggle because perhaps there were things that they could have done before it was time to really go live. Um, Sometimes there are things that they could have done before launch that if they had done them, it would have helped. So uh, this is based on Others who've done the same thing, we've learned from other people, including Ron Sylvia, who's on the podcast, but we've broken it down into five stages. Uh, The first stage is the dream stage, which is basically from conception to the birth of the church, you know, a nine-month period of time, zero to nine months. And then once the dream is kind of in our heart, we move forward into a build stage. And usually uh, that is basically the nine to 12 months in from conception of where you're putting together a team, gathering resources, 
The launch stage is as you're going public, usually about 12 to 18 months after the dream. Um, and then the multiplication, the growth stage, I should say, number four, 18 to 24 months, and then multiplication 24 months after. So you've got dream, build, launch, growth, multiplication. And then there are unique things that you can do in each of those stages to build the vision. And so we started really focusing all of our episodes, at least the content this year so far, has really been focused on that dream stage and responding to the dream that God's putting inside of your heart. Yeah, I love that. And it's it's been so good. We've done some of the the why, the what, and today we get to talk about the where as you're dreaming. Uh, we've had, like you mentioned, Ron Sylvia from the Springs, who I refer to as an OG church planner. I love him and all everything that he's done in Ocala. He's been a huge encouragement to church planners, super generous. And then we got to talk about uh, with, with Derwin Gray uh, about some of the, his process and calling. And it was a super impactful episode to talk with Derwin Gray on the what of church planning and what we're called to and some of the vision behind that and what he, what he challenged and encouraged us to. So today we're going to kind of set the frame of this is complicated for some of us. It was like the where. And so, but before mm-hmm. we get into the where, I, I know where you are and in your season and I know where I am in my season. So I thought I would just ask uh Outside of church planning, like anything you're excited about, anything upcoming, anything that's just on your top of your heart or mind, um, every, we all are wanting to know. Like, I'm no, just yeah. like, what would be helpful for us to know? That's good. Well, um, of course, I said earlier, Stacy and I have been in this role now. Uh, as this is airing, it's been you know about nine months, and so it's been quite the journey. Um, one thing I'm really excited about, Mike, is to see that here at Saddleback, such a great foundation that we've been able to build on, 42 years of faithfulness, uh, not without challenges, not a perfect church by any means, but an incredible group of people that have a heart for God, a heart for the community. Uh, we did a, a, a message series earlier this year called One Life, and the big vision was like, Okay, we want to encourage every person in the church to have one life, one person that you're praying for to come to know Jesus. So we put together uh, messages, we put together groups curriculum, we made it like our first big campaign that we did. And Saddleback has historically been like the campaign church. So it was one big campaign, the whole church. Uh, it went incredible. We, um, we saw about 5,000 people write down the names of people that they're praying for who'd never encountered the love of Jesus or who had never made a decision to follow Jesus and said that they were going to start praying by name. So the church now has like 5,000 names of new people that we're praying for. And just seeing the church rally around that vision of the Great Commission that's deep in the DNA of Saddleback, but needed to be revitalized a bit. And then to see how quickly people have responded to that has been really encouraging to me. Yeah, and he said 5,000, so that's a lot of zeros, church planners. So that's amazing. That's incredible. It's inspiring. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about in that, and I know it's cheesy, but I stole this from someplace, and I don't know who to give the credit to. So I, whoever that is, I'm sure you'll tell me. Uh, but it's like we, we wanted our church to pray for their one at one every day, whether it be 1 p.m. or 1 a.m., set a phone reminder. And like you have ones in your life that you, God has uniquely placed you to reach. So why don't you pray for them every day is one of the things that we said, the, who's your one at one? And I had a lady that's uh, in her late 60s coming to me and she's like, I have like 12 ones at one. So it takes me a while. I'm like, You're, that's the way to do it. You're so inspiring. So oh, that's uh, the awesome. season I'm 
Yeah, the season I'm excited about, it feels like post, you know, when everyone talks about post-COVID, I feel like we've recaptured some momentum a little bit. And we've missions actually set records in baptism over the, over the last, over the, over the post-COVID season. We've baptized more people than we did combined in the pre-COVID season. And it kind of took that over the last few years to wake me up to realize like, oh, the Great Commission's working and alive and we're, we, we need to get going. Let's go for it. So I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a great season of mission right now. So uh, that's yeah, awesome. A lot of fun. So to clarify, you've baptized more in this chunk than all the years beforehand combined? Yes. So, and we were about 1,400 baptisms total, but over uh, almost over 700 of them have been in the last three years. So it's really, wow. it's been encouraging and challenging to us. Absolutely. So how many, uh, how many years have you been going right now? So we started in 2011, September 2011, in a movie theater in Ventura, California. So it's it's been crazy. So at this point, it'd be about um, 12 years. So, Wow. So more evangelistic or more transformation in terms of baptism in three versus the nine years before that? We And we, I feel like we've been evangelistic and we've been like a lighthouse in our community and the math really encouraged, like messed us up and encouraged us because we thought we were trying to regain momentum and God was like, no, you got it. Now, how are you going to steward it? It's kind of the season. I wow. feel like we're in. So it's amazing, man. That's it. Yeah, that's been very fun. encouraging. All right. So let's jump in. Uh, let's jump into, so we got church planners that are listening and then uh, people that are helping church planners and part of the dream stage. And we all, we both walk through this process is like, we feel called to it. We know we, our motives are pure. We feel like we're the right people. We have the right gifts. We have the right relationship and character. God's equipped us. Now, where do we go? And do we yeah. throw a dart at a map? Or like, how does this work? Does God just answer it? And, you know, we just keep, keep thinking of a name that starts with F? Or what do, we, what do we keep doing? Like, how do we figure it out? So, Andy Wood, you are here to help us. So, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Well, let me share a little bit of my story Um you know, assuming you've listened to the first couple episodes that we did on the dream stage, I want to encourage you to do that. Um, as we began then having a sense of clarity, God had called Stacy and I to plant. Uh, we basically just said, okay, where, where do you want us to plant? Uh, we were in Texas uh, going to seminary. And I remember I was in an uh, extended fast period and felt that internal like stirring. Okay, it's time to move on that vision. So we pulled out a map or a big whiteboard that we turned into a map. And we wrote on that whiteboard a map of the United States, and then we started marking off what we thought were the 10 most influential cities in the country. And then from within that, then we, we just went on a journey of really discerning and discovering, okay, God, where do you want us to plant this church? Because we know in our hearts, you've got a spot in mind. You, like, you have a place, even if you go to Paul's words in Acts chapter 16, you know, when he's talking in Athens and he says, God has already predetermined the places like he, the street you're on, the, the, the family that you're in, all of that is God's, it's his plan for you to reach the world all, all around that people might reach out to him and know him. So if I come at it from the angle of knowing, okay, God, you've got a place in mind. I just want to figure out where is that place? Show me. Uh, that was really the beginning journey. Now we, we uh, had a few dynamics. We wrote down some categories in particular, like Okay, what culturally where are we a good fit? What season of life are we in? Uh, where do we where do we naturally feel drawn to? East coast, west coast, big cities, and then we just went through this prayerful process of discovery. Now, as we got closer, 
we narrowed in more on like zip code and a place within a place, if that makes sense. But at first we were trying to discern what's the major metropolitan area that God wants us to go to. So within that, there's some big questions that I think looking back, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of looking back at these are the big questions that we were asking. Some of it, we were just doing it intuitively, but some of it we had learned from watching other people. And that's kind of what we're going to break down here. But I would love to hear kind of your story too, of how God called you guys to, to come to Ventura. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It's way similar, but you're way more strategic and probably way more spiritual. So uh, we had, I don't three know about couples. that. <laughs> we had three couples that were uh, working at a great church in Illinois together. And we um, started just fasting and praying on Tuesdays and for lunch. And then we'd meet together on Tuesday evenings because we felt like God was up to something. And we didn't know quite what. Was he releasing one of us? Was he calling one of us? Like we didn't know if it was somebody was leaving. And then uh, church planning got brought up. And I was like, well, I'm not a church planner. I, I, I think, think ch- church planners are cynical 20-somethings that don't want to be under authority, right? And that, that wasn't my journey. I, went, I think some of the generation had to stay in transition, right? And so I didn't ever want to be that. And so part of my calling that we talked about into church planning was God reaffirming a calling and to be the lead and, and being the, the lead planter. Um, and then the where was like, well, we don't know. We know college towns in the South. Like, is there another one that needs a church? And if you're planting in a college town in the South, probably they do. But God love you. There's a lot of college towns that have churches in the South, right? And so, but we didn't know. So we just started thinking about it, praying through it. Like, where should we go? And I was naive enough, and I mean this as a joke, but I was naive enough to think like we have enough friends that are in churches that there should be in churches that help churches plant churches. So maybe we'll just pray for that to happen. And then a, a partnership in California, uh, Real Life Church, Rusty George in Valencia, California, called and was like, hey, uh, are you ever going to plant a church? And if you do, some the journey was like, do you want to plant it out here? Because we're looking for a church to plant. We just don't know who. And then we're like, well, we don't know where, but we feel like we're supposed to. But and then our we were all like California. Who does California? And you're like, you know, some of our friends were like, "That's a really hard call." You know, when you're 13 years in, they're like, "Man, that's a rough life that you live in Ventura." But at the time, like we had to process the where pretty significantly. And because we had a partner sending organization, and then we felt called to plant, we're like, "Let's go check it out." So that's the the long story short of of Ventura. And it, everything that we heard was like. Man, if you're going on need, Ventura is, is a, has a great need. If you're going on difficulty to plant, good on you because that's where church plants go to die. So have fun with that. And our, and our, our team's a little wired to be like, well, bring it. Let's go for it. So let's, yeah. bring, let's take on the challenge. So that's a wow. little bit, I mean, that's into awesome. it. I know we're going to talk through a bunch of things, but uh, yeah, I think it's been a, a similar journey. You were probably more strategic when you got to the place, but there are the places within the place as well. So it's really good. So within that, if you don't mind me asking, Mike, how many of those um, people, those original families are still with you? Uh, so all, so we planted with three families and all three are still on our executive team and all in this in roles at mission. Absolutely. And we also like each other. So I wouldn't wow. assume that that's how everybody gets to do it. Uh, but that was even when we went through assessment and things like that, that's something that we've tried to guard and protect and be for each other. So, yeah. That's pretty remarkable. That would be a really good part of the episode when we start talking about building the team. And in fact, that's the, I think we're going to talk about how do you pick people? Cause that's, that's pretty remarkable to, to see yeah. that. 
it's abnormal is how I would say it. So I'm not, it's not lost on me how abnormal and full of grace that, that, that journey has been. So let's That's get awesome. into the where. So like help us. I really, and I, I mean this all joking aside, I think the world of you and the way that you think about church planning and how you've helped church planners. So let's assume that people are in the process. They just don't know where. And how would yeah. you maybe take us from there? Well, okay. So the way my mind works is obviously on questions. Anybody that knows me, like I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll give a lot of money for a good question. And, um, I'm going to roll through this from a question format that we could, you could write these down. You could use them in the prayer journal. Uh, but I also want to say the spirit of the question is really important. So I, I have four little asks, like how to ask. So first of all, I put ask prayerfully. In essence, like as I'm asking these questions, I want to be doing it led, led by the Holy Spirit with the knowledge he's got somewhere that he wants me to go. Um, I want to ask with my spouse as well. So like, I don't want to just, I'm, I'm in a vacuum trying to figure it all out on my own, um, but also want to make sure we're together. Yeah. Can I, I want to add uh, a yes and amen to that um, because I've watched way too many friends and church planners that feel very cold to a place or a thing and they're re- dragging a reluctant spouse along because the spouse thinks that they're supposed to follow in, in whatever form, but they're both not called. And so it, yeah. for me, it's like you, it's a mutual calling no matter the role. So if one mm-hmm. of you is not called, then you all aren't called because it's, it's a yeah. difficult journey. So take the time for both of you to be called because it's hard enough to do this. Yeah. It's so good, man. You, and if you, if you rush past your spouse in the process, there's just no way to not pay for that in the long run for there to be a lot of pain. The, um, the two other is to ask with an attentive heart. So as I'm, you know, I'm asking these questions, my heart is engaged and then to ask with an open Bible. And I, I just am convinced that in this journey from my, my journey, God will speak and lead through the scriptures. Like as I'm even, a, there were a couple of key moments like that. Number one, in our, our call to plant echo. Number two, even in our call here. So I'm asking prayerfully. I'm asking with, with my spouse. I'm asking with an attentive heart and with an open Bible. And I'm, I'm saying on the front end, even in my, like my prayers, and this, this is kind of uh, fresh for me because of our journey coming here. Psalm 32, 8, the, the Lord says, I'll lead you along the very best path for your life. And I don't, I don't want to rush past God. Like if God's not in it, I don't want it. I don't want, I don't want to go into the land of milk and honey without the presence of God. And so I just think that that's so, so important from a spiritual standpoint, God, I'll do what you want me to do. And you know, that's for me is, is huge. Now getting tactical or strategic the first question I'd ask is if, if, if you could plant anywhere, where would you want to plant? Like if, if God just said, Hey, all right, it's your call, wherever you want to go plant and, and make the choice because there's probably something internally in your own desire that is at play. You know, the, the scripture does say, and I believe it's Psalm 34, um, Psalm 37, that delight yourself in the Lord and he gives you the desires of your heart. So that delighting in the Lord is really what's is producing desire. So if I'm walking with God, just to feel the freedom, like where where would I want to go? If, like God just said, you get to choose where would I want to go, and why and why not answer that? Like you know, yeah. why not say like 
it doesn't have to be Afghanistan. I know a lot of my friends, I have friends that are called to Afghanistan, but like it, if you don't want to go there, at least say it. Now, God may call you in obedience somewhere else, but at least say the desires of your heart out there. So I, I a thousand percent agree. Where, what's your most natural answer to that question as a planter that's trying to figure out the where? It would be a good way to start. Yeah. Yeah. And even just ask your spouse, like, hey, if you, if you could live anywhere, where, where would you go? And just recognizing that, getting as many of those ideas or thoughts on the table on the front end is super helpful. The second question is, where is God at work? And what I have in mind here is, where, where's God opening doors and where is God closing doors? So for example, like with God's call for you guys to come out to California, God had placed in Rusty George's heart the desire to plant where you guys are now or kind of in this region. And then he was also putting inside of you this desire to plant. And those two, it really was an open door. Now, there might have been something that you looked at initially, and it was like, oh, God closed the door. For example, um, we initially had in our minds, we might plant in Seattle. But I felt like as I was praying through it, it was like, uh, I felt like God was saying, I want you to want you to be open. You know, I, I put some desires in your heart for Seattle for a, a long time ago, but if you, if you pursue it with an open mind, there might be something different that I might show to you. And just having that sense of like, okay, God, God's at work and he's going to be opening and closing doors along the way and to pay attention to what those doors are. I think that's, that's so good. Uh, I think there's times as a church planner, you have to have the conviction to push through hard things but I don't want to help church planners push through closed doors and navigating that, that difference is, is sometimes takes some outside voices, you know, like when, when is it hard? Cause it's, it's a difficult place or logistically difficult. And when is it a door that God has already closed that they're just trying to bust down? So I, I'm always trying to navigate that right. with church planners in my, in my world. So I love those questions. Those are two great questions. So let's go to the next one. Yeah. The, the next one is what, is, or who has God given me a burden for? So, you know, every season of life is different with this. I mean, the one underlying theme for me has always been I'm, I'm much more drawn to want to reach people who are far from God. So I think that that's a huge part of it. But maybe when you were a kid, you went to a city and there was something about that experience. Maybe your parents took you on a vacation to a city growing up and there was there's a unique burden. Or maybe when you're watching sports and the team from this city comes up, there's like something in your mind that you're curious about, but just giving that yourself the permission to like play, pray through and even play with the idea of like, okay, there's a, here's a city here. And maybe there's a burden that God is trying to put on my heart for the people of this city. This, this also um, comes up in conversation and this is perhaps even a combo of point number two and point three. Like God may God may actually put you in conversations with people who are from a certain city. Like you meet somebody at a grocery store that like take the Seattle example for, or take Seattle, for example, like, Oh, you're at a grocery store in your hometown. And then you meet somebody from Seattle and then three days, you know, in a row, you meet somebody from Seattle and you're already thinking about Seattle. It's almost like, okay, well maybe God's doing something here that I need to pay attention to. Um, but there's that, that burden that is starting to stir internally for a group of people. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Let's let's go to the fourth one. I, these are great. And I hope for church planners, we'll remind everybody at the end if you're not, if you're missing these, but these are great questions to, to pray through. 
Yeah, the fourth one is what season of life am I in? And, uh, you know, thinking through, like, who, who do I naturally connect with? Some people, they're, they're awesome at connecting with multiple generations. And there's a time for that, you know, like, even now at, at 40, I'm 41 when, as we're recording this. And I think I have a little bit more breadth in terms of, of generations than when we first started. But a lot of times a church planter, when they're called, they're in their late 20s, their early 30s. Uh, and asking the question of like, okay, if I'm if I'm moving somewhere, who are the people that I'm going to naturally connect with? You know, like young families. I, I had so many conversations in the first couple of years when Stacy and I moved to the Bay Area. We had so many moments where we're around families with young kids, and it was good that we moved to a place that had a lot of people who are in a similar season of life. So saying, okay, what season of life am I in? Do I have kids? Or some of you maybe newly married without kids. Um, some of you, maybe your kids are a little bit older, but trying to, as much as you can, to move to a place or move into an area where there's a lot of synergy around that. I agree. I, I would add even to, and I know that you agree with this. Well, I'm assuming, so maybe I'm in a bad spot, but I'd add what season of life are we in? So mm-hmm. is this like, uh, am, is my wife, she's supportive of the church plant, but she can't be involved in hours because she's getting a PhD or she's got a full-time job, but she's supportive, but not, or maybe she's pregnant or wants to have, you know, 700 kids in the next three years. So that's probably going to limit some time. So what season are we in of Mm -hmm. church planning mode or what, you know, so what is going on with her? What's going on with me and what's going on with our kids? And like, don't just answer it for ourselves, but answer it for our, our, our family that's going. So, cause it that's doesn't, really it's not good. a disqualifier, but it's helpful to know, like, it's like, you may have a lot more free time than everybody else has in your family. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really good, Mike. Well, the, the fifth and final one is where is there a great need? And one, one thing I think is really interesting is sometimes church planters will be naturally drawn to plant a church where they've heard of another church being successful or fruitful or growing, however you want to say it. Um, and that can actually work against you where it's like, oh, well, I want to go there because I know you can plant a church there, but maybe there is a church planter there that they've already, they've already seen a lot of the low hanging fruit that was there. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go there cause it works. But then in the end, it's a, it's a, it's actually the opposite of what we think. And sometimes, um, y- you'll find a community where there's nothing like what you're trying to do. And that the fact that there's nothing like what you're trying to do doesn't mean that what God's put on your heart won't work there. What it might mean is it's the very reason it will work there and that God has been preparing and really leaving fruit for you to come in and start what he's put inside of your heart. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Church planners, typically, I would just challenge you not to take the easy road or go to the easy place. Uh, Typically, if you're on this journey, it's not to the, the safest thing. Even though God has provided for you and your family, um, like there's the risk quotient is high, but also the net is very strong. So don't don't just go like I think this would be fun, and I think that would there's a need there, and there's people already there, so we should just go there. You know, like I think really pray through what Andy was talking about there. I think that's important. Yeah, and um, one of the books I read on this actually I didn't really read the whole book. I just kind of skimmed it, but I like the the concept of the book is a book called Blue Ocean Strategy or Blue, yeah, I think it's Strategy, Blue Ocean. Um, but the concept is like if you, if you drop a shark 
um, in the water and there's a bunch of sharks around uh, eating and it's red ocean and it, the tendency is to go straight there. Um, but really, and not to, the illustration breaks down, people are not things that you eat or anything like that. But the point is, you want to go where very few people are going and usually you're, you're able to offer something that's not being offered and there's more, there's more opportunity in those spaces. Yeah, I would even challenge the math. Like, yeah, I, I love it when church planners have some of some metrics of why and percentages and church percentages and population percentages. And like they, they've and that takes a while to get to versus like demographic opportunity studies versus like the area of calling. And then we're getting to the need. And then what's the need of the place that God has placed me? Like, uh, it, just do the work. Uh, don't don't short circuit the work because God willing, you're going to live there for the next 40 years of your life. So uh, you might as well know the most about it before you get there, right? Yep. Yeah. And all that work pays off. Yeah. So we can talk about exegeting the city uh, at some point down the road of like the where you're called to be. But I'd, what I'd love to just walk back through. So I'm assuming this is for church planners that are navigating the where or haven't navigated the where yet. And you're trying to figure out like um, how can like if unfair advantage is trying to figure out how can we help you go further, faster and what to be thinking, what to be asking in this process. So I'm going to just review Andy and you correct me. So if I'm wrong on what on kind of what we've said, like the notes that you said, here's the the tone that we want to ask with all these questions. We prayerfully we want to ask with our spouse if we're married. We want to ask with a uh, like a tentative heart. Like we want to make sure that our heart is is ready and a, like ready to be um, uh, to available to what God would want to have for us. And we want to ask with an open Bible because we think God's word speaks and transforms and guides. And here's the questions that we want to just walk through. If you could plant anywhere, where would you plant? Like, let yourself dream, let yourself go. Nothing's disobedient in that question. Like, just what, where is the like the attitude of your heart? And then ask, where is God at work? Meaning, in where is He opening and closing doors for my life and ministry and opportunities and next steps? The third would be, where is God giving me a burden? Like, is there an area of people or area of life that God has given me a burden for? What season of life am I in or are we in? Like, is it, you know, the right time? Are we the right people? Those kind of questions that we've been walking through. And then where is there the greatest need and where is there a great need? And so, Andy, does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds great. And I, one thing I would add to that on the where's God at work is um, to ask for God to open and clo- close the doors as you're moving forward. Like just to say, hey, God, I need you. I need you to close some doors. I need you to open. Give, I mean, give me a sign is kind of a funny way of asking it, but like, just show me, like, help me, help me see. And then I believe he, he will, as we pray those prayers with an open heart and an open mind. I do think most, most planters that I know have really open hands and are like, where do you want me to go? I'll go. And so I think those kinds of prayers to God are like, Hey, I will go just Help me, help me close and open the doors are really great prayers. So I'm going to ask you one question, Andy. If there were planters that are stuck in this process, like they're in the middle of doing, like they're the right people, they're doing everything that we've just said, and they don't know what to do next, or they feel stuck or not getting answers, or if you were just going to give an encouragement to the next generation of church planters around the one that one of these areas or just one thing you'd want to say, is there one specific thing that you would just encourage us with? I think the the thing that I said earlier about Acts 16 about 
God has something in mind. Like so much of our journey is discovering what it is that God already has in mind. And that's what I love about like a life planning process or a, a, what is called a strat up where you're looking into the future and you're saying, okay, what is, what is the, the way forward or the path forward look like? If I approach it with confidence to know like, okay, God, if God called me, if I've discerned that correctly, which is, I mean, a whole episode in and of itself that we went through. But if I've discerned that correctly, I can walk forward with confidence that God has something in mind. And I don't want to get ahead of God. I don't want to be behind God. I want to be lockstep with Him. But that awareness or even that openness, like, okay, you're going to lead and guide my steps, I think is so crucial to being able to walk through this process. If He's not shown you yet, it's probably because He's still working some things out in you. He's still working some things out around you. But just keep walking that road of obedience, and He's going to show you as you keep moving forward. I, I agree a thousand percent, uh, nod my head the whole time to that. Yeah, it just just be patient. We we like to rush things and God is not trying to rush. He's more about the health of it, absolutely. Well, thanks so much. Hope this is helpful to our church planners and church plant family that are helping people go further faster. Uh, we are gonna wrap up this episode and you can look forward to the next episode. We're gonna interview a couple friends that have we feel have just done a really great job on this part. So that'll be the next episode. We love you guys. Much love and peace. See you, Andy. Thank you so much. Peace. Thanks, Mike.